Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. What is truth? John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Those are both from the English Standard Version of the Bible. But we see there that God and Christ are truth. The Holy Bible is truth. All truth in the entire universe, in the world around us, originates from God. God made all of that. God established the laws, the physical laws that govern our lives, the laws of happiness and health that obviously affect us every day, whether we obey them or whether we don't. John 8 verse 44 sets up the opposite of truth. You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. There's, an, there's a clear dichotomy here between God and Satan. Truth and lies. Light and darkness. There's simply no mistaking that. The Bible makes this plain for us. So when we see truth, we know where it ultimately came from. And the same is true of lies. This is Satan's world, though. This is a world that is full of lies. Human beings lie all the time. Lying is breaking the ninth commandment. It hurts people. It causes so much unnecessary suffering. We've all probably seen TV shows or even experienced what it's like when trying to weave a web of lies and how complicated things get and how it's almost impossible to keep the story straight. And it can be funny to watch that play out on the screen, but it certainly isn't very funny when we go through it. We know how horrible it is to be lied to, how guilty we feel when we do lie, we know how much that does destroy trust. I've been thinking about this concept of truth versus lies a lot this week. We are really ramping up toward the next American presidential election. And since this is Satan's world, we can expect to hear a whole lot of lies. There's a great book called 1984, 
and it's being covered on the KPCG radio show, Just the Best Literature, right now. And actually, uh, next week on the show, I get to be a guest with Mr. Dennis Leap. And we were talking about some of the lies that are prevalent in society. I would really encourage you to listen in to the programs about 1984 because it's so relevant to us right now. In this book, 1984, George Orwell is warning about the dangers of socialism and communism as they spread. He saw them spreading very rapidly in England, where he was from. And he knew how dangerous that would be. He talks about, in this book, the concept of doublethink. Here in the, here in the book it says, doublethink means the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. It also says, by the exercise of doublethink, he also satisfies himself that reality is not violated. Yes, there are two contradicting beliefs in my mind, but they can both be true, and that's fine. It says here, doublethink lies at the very heart of English socialism. So the essential act of the party is to use conscious deception while retaining the firmness of purpose that goes with complete honesty. So you know you're lying, but you say it so fervently, so forcefully, that it comes across as the truth. And in fact, you convict yourself so much by the way you tell the lie that you even start to believe the lie. The book continues, To tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing in them, to forget any fact that has become inconvenient, and then, when it becomes necessary again to draw that fact back from oblivion for just so long as it is needed, to deny the existence of objective reality, and all the while to take account of the reality which one denies. All this is indispensably necessary. That is the type of system... <laughs> that always accompanies communism, this, I, this concept of just constantly lying, but really believing your lies, not really caring if you are lying, knowing that if you gain enough power within that system, you can decide what the truth is within your own society. We do see a lot of that playing out today. Now, of course, we don't get political. We are certainly not partisan here at KPCG or within the PCG. But there are some trends happening in the world today that really do match up with the, what the book 1984 warned about. Telling lies, doing anything to gain power, to where you can make sure that lies become the truth. At least as insofar as enforcing the law goes. You can enforce that everyone has to believe those lies so that they essentially are the same as the truth. 
it's really even confusing trying to figure out <laughs> this this way of thinking. You do have to really ponder that, this concept of doublethink. But it is on display all the time today. This week, during the Democratic National Convention, there have been a whole lot of blatant lies. And I'm sure there will be more next week during the Republican National Convention. But how can you have a former president telling us that the current president is trampling on the rule of law? A former president who talked all the time about the Constitution really limiting what his benevolent government could do. He kind of wanted, it was pretty clear the way he talked about it, that he wanted to get rid of that document. But now he talks about the current president disregarding the Constitution. Doesn't matter what all the facts are, what the fruits of that administration were. It's just a blatant lie. There was no law and order during the last presidential administration. In fact, there was more division than ever, and we are really reaping the fruit of that today. Last night I heard some of the Democratic presidential candidate or nominee giving a speech and talking about ways to respond to the coronavirus so that we would not be beholden to China. Now, of all people to be talking about being beholden to China, if you know anything about anything that's going on in this country right now, you'll certainly be having the alarm bells go off in your head from a statement like that. Earlier in the week, there was this emotional story from a woman whose father went out to a restaurant, caught the coronavirus, and later died from it. And all the blame was placed on the president. And not till this year was a president ever expected to stomp out a virus. Viruses go around. That's what they do. And as far as what he could have possibly done without taking away freedom, he really did everything you could pretty much think of. But you can't literally personally get rid of a virus by yourself as a president but you see these lies it's tragic when somebody dies but does that mean that there have to be constant lies told about it that these types of situations have to be weaponized as a political attack so often there are people out there who are that opportunistic and are willing to tell any type of lie just to take power. And half the country is going along with those lies. There are, Like I said, there are plenty of lies being told by everybody. But it's pretty clear which lies would do more damage to the country if believed. That is the world we live in. Satan's world. Lies abound. And that's just incredibly dangerous. How easy could it be to get swept up in emotion and totally disregard the facts of a situation?
It happens all the time. We can't think we are somehow immune to that. This is a world that has been completely deceived by the father of lies. Revelation 12, verse 9. And he would love to deceive you if you're not deceived already. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21 says, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. See, there are two different ways. There is the way of truth. But there's also the way of lies. Today, we have so much more knowledge available to us than ever before in history. Like the Bible says, ever learning, yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You can access endless little snippets of information on Twitter, on plenty of other news websites. Maybe you'll just skim the headlines and come to a completely different conclusion than what the truth actually is. It's so easy to do that, not look into a situation, not look into the facts. But of course, as important as it is nationally (laughs) for us to look into facts, it's so much more important when it comes to spiritual truth. Looking into the Bible, proving what we believe spiritually. God's in charge of what happens in our nations. The Bible also tells us what what will happen to our nations. We don't have to invest a whole lot of energy and effort into that because we have no control over that. But in your life, In your spiritual life, it's really worth investing all the effort in the world to prove all things, to make sure you have the truth. Otherwise, well, there's not going to be a great outcome. Ephesians 4 talks about that. Ephesians 4 verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You see, without proving all things, you could be tossed to and fro like a helpless child on the sea by a massive wave. Every time a new doctrinal deception comes along. You could just be swept right up in it if you're not taking the time to prove all things. In a Philadelphia News article from August 1996 titled, Do You Have the Truth? Mr. Brian Davis talked about our spiritual foundation and how it's based on two simple yet vital facts. The first being... The proof of God's existence. And the second, the proof that the Bible is God's revealed word. 
sort of like what we alluded to at the beginning, talking about how God is truth, how the Bible is truth. But you do have to prove before even believing that, that God exists in the first place and that the Bible is God's inspired word in the first place. We've talked about on this show a couple of booklets from the late theologian and educator Herbert W. Armstrong that do absolutely prove these two facts. We have available for free at thetrumpet.com his booklet, Does God Exist? And that goes through the science. Mr. Armstrong addresses the intellectuals, the scientists, the well-educated of society. Which means he's not going to Bible verses over and over again in that booklet. Because the intellectuals generally would not give much credibility to the Bible. He is addressing the actual science. And that's really such an inspiring booklet. I think it's only 14 pages long. And in just 14 14 pages, he absolutely dismantles evolution using the facts of science. There's another booklet that we've covered on this show, Proof of the Bible. So once you've proven that God does exist, in fact exist the next thing you have to do is figure out what he wants from you if God did create you what does he expect from you any creator would expect his creation to operate the way that he desires if you made a car you would want that car to operate the way that you built it to operate or a refrigerator or even even just a chair to make sure that that chair doesn't break when someone sits on it because it's made the right way so if god made us certainly he would have expectations of us and all of those expectations can be found in one place the bible does Show us how to live, how to be happy. It's the source of the truth in our lives. We don't talk about my truth or your truth. It's God's truth. Only God has the authority to decide what the truth is. Anytime throughout history when someone else has taken it upon himself to decide what the truth is, it leads to tyranny and mass murder. You have to have a whole lot of power to try to determine for everybody else what the truth is. And it never ends well. God decides what the truth is. And he does expect a certain amount of humility from all of us to realize we're nothing compared to our own creator. We could never do anything even close to what he accomplished by creating us, creating the world, all the animals and plants and landscapes, the entire universe, of course, we have to realize our relative nothingness compared to him. And then he will start to give us his truth. It really does start with that humble attitude. 
Mr. Davis talks about in this article from 1996 about just simply believing God and taking action. So we can prove what we believe. We can prove what the truth is. But what good is the truth if we don't do anything about it, if we don't actually apply it? So believing God and taking action based on the Bible really is the next step. I think as we go through this process of letting God teach us, letting God humble us and train us, as God shows us how little we know without him, it really does stand out more (laughs) the contrast with the world where there is a whole lot of ignorance of God's truth out there, but at the same time, There is an epidemic of arrogance, as was discussed on the Trumpet Daily Radio show this morning. An epidemic of ignorance and arrogance. I don't know about you, but personally, I'm fine with people who want to live in ignorance. As long as they maybe have some sort of a grasp that that is what they are doing. But what about those who are totally ignorant form their opinions in five seconds online, and then are just completely unteachable from that point forward. Those who try to force those really unformed opinions on everybody else. I saw a funny uh, comedy sketch recently talking about how in this country, month by month, people are just morphing from Subject to subject, being geniuses on all these vast and varied subjects. A few months ago, everyone was an epidemiologist. Everyone knew exactly what to do about the coronavirus. Then right after that, everyone knew all the facts about policing and who was doing it right and how to fix whatever problems there might be. And then right after that, everyone knows about the post office, right? Everyone knows whether or not there is some sort of conspiracy regarding the post office and rigging the upcoming election. Month to month, people are just becoming experts on everything, month by month. But we really know that's not true. People just speak so dogmatically about these subjects they haven't even looked into. And they treat it as if every word they are saying is the truth. That's hard, to, that's hard to handle for me, probably for a lot of you too. When people really don't know what they're talking about, but they talk about those subjects as if they do know. Mr. Davis discusses the need for the Holy Spirit. Because, yes, we can, to a certain extent, prove God's existence looking at the facts of the universe. We can look at physical evidence to prove God exists. We can examine statements in the Bible and whether certain prophecies came true. We can look at history and see if what the Bible said would happen actually did happen. But there does come a point where there's certainly a limit on how far we can keep proving these things on our own. 
1 Corinthians 2 talks about God revealing the truth to us by His Spirit. Verses 10 and 11. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. So we do have a human spirit that makes us different from the animals. We can grasp things. We can understand things and do things. Obviously, that animals come nowhere close to doing. But it's also true that with the Holy Spirit, we could understand so much more. And that's what could set you apart from the whole rest of the world that gets swept up in pretty blatant lies. This is really an excellent article that I will leave for you in the show notes today. But it does go through step by step how you can know you have the truth. How you can prove it. You don't have to have any doubt in your everyday life about what you believe. About the way you live. You can know whether you are right. And that really does give us a whole lot of peaceful, faithful assurance, doesn't it? Especially with all the madness going on around us in society. So today we've been talking about the truth, how to find it, how the truth can be discerned, where truth comes from, where it certainly does not come from. I hope you enjoyed that subject today. It's something that really interested me a lot while studying it this week. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.